Friends, today we are in the third part of our series called Start to Follow, Come, Rest, Give. It plays out like this, come to Jesus, rest in Jesus, give Jesus away. And so last week we were talking about what it means to rest in Jesus. And sometimes I think when we talk about rest, we we just assume that we're talking about sleeping or going on vacation or doing nothing at all. But there's a reason for holy rest, for holy pause. And there's something that you can do in that time that is productive and life-giving and energizing for you, and that is to pray. And so today we're going to be talking about prayer. If you would go ahead and turn in your scripture to Matthew chapter 14, we're going to start in verse 25. I'm going to pray for us and we will study the word together. Gracious God, we thank you for this good opportunity. Help us do something good with it. In your name we pray. Amen. To me, Valentine's Day, and and if your Valentine's Day was great, I'm not knocking it, but to me, Valentine's Day is one of the craziest inventions of a holiday ever. Because Valentine's is is named after St. Valentine, who is believed believed to be a third-century Roman saint. There is so little that is known about St. Valentine that in 1969, the Roman Catholic Church actually removed his name from the general Roman calendar and then left it up to all the local dioceses to decide whether or not to, to recognize that day. They're not even sure that there was just one St. Valentine. In fact, it, it may be that, that St. Valentine was a compilation of, of several men whose characteristics comprised such a person. All that they reliably know for certain of the saint who is commemorated on February 14th is that somebody is, who was martyred was buried at a cemetery close to the Milvian Bridge north of the city of Rome. So in light of that knowledge... In case, gentlemen, you forgot to send a card this year, next year's card could read, Roses are red, violets are blue. We got a picture of St. Valentine. I was beaten with clubs, beheaded, buried under a cover of darkness, disinterred by my followers, and you commemorate my martyrdom by sending chocolates to one another. Happy Valentine's Day. And I know, I, I know that seems so silly, but But how is that any different than picking out just one day a year to highlight love? And then in in order to show this this love that you have, you, you buy stuffed animals and chocolates and wine and flowers and expensive dinners. Because isn't that what love is all about? I I, Sung and I have only been married 13 years, so I don't have the experience level that, that many of you in this room have. But it seems to me that love isn't always like that, that somehow, I don't know, I don't know if he ran out of money or patience or time, but by the second week of our marriage, we were well past the roses and the flowers and the expensive dinners and all, all that kind of stuff. But, but what, I've, what I've encountered is that, that sometimes love hurts, and sometimes it's stressful and, and downright painful. Sometimes love is about grief and, and loss. Sometimes love is about sacrifice and humility. So Valentine's Day seems so artificial in comparison because it's forced and it's guilted upon us and and it's made to seem normal. But yet, 
There's so much more to relationships than that. Like I said, this week we're talking about prayer and, and how prayer is a spiritual discipline. But more often than not, we, we treat it like it's Valentine's Day. Something that's done at an appointed time and, and meant to be done in a way that's going to cover us for a few weeks. Prayer is a conversation with God. And how you approach prayer is going to be a reflection of where you are in your relationship with the Creator, which means that your relationship with God is going to be different than mine. It's going to be different than anybody in the choir. It's going to be different than the person sitting down the pew from you. Some of us are convinced. We are absolutely convinced that God only has office hours on Sunday mornings. And that it would be best if a certified professional talks to God on our behalf. Some of us see our, our, our discussions with God as business transactions. God, if, if you do this for me, then I will do this for you. And then there's some of us, there's probably some of us here in the room right now, who refuse to have conversations with God. Because, one, we either aren't certain that he exists, or, more likely, we are certain that he doesn't care. But the best way to approach conversations with God would be to have an honest heart, an authentic language, and a level of personal intimacy, which is why my prayers aren't going to sound like your prayers, and your prayers aren't going to sound like the prayers of the person sitting next to you. I sometimes think that that we get it into our heads that, that prayer only counts if it is elaborately crafted and embodies the full breadth of theological conviction and if it is said by a truly qualified person. And you do realize, right, that this is why the vast majority of lay people ask the pastor to pray at mealtime, because somehow us saying, Lord, thank you for the turkey, comes with a much broader vibe to it than you saying, Lord, thank you for the turkey. Because somehow we're going to evoke all that is Karl Barth and John Calvin and everything else all into your meat and potatoes. But as I said, the basic truth of prayer is that it's just a standing invitation to talk with God, to be in a relationship with God. And relationships, real ones anyway, they're not always pretty, and they don't always contain flowery language, and they expose parts of us when we are at our most vulnerable place. Do you know what the shortest verse in the Bible is? Who knows? Go ahead. Jesus wept. Well, one of the shortest prayers in the Bible isn't all that much longer, and that's the one that we're going to look at today. Gospel of Matthew, very familiar story. Matthew 14, Jesus feeds the 5,000, and he dismisses the crowds, which we talked about last week. And then in verse 25, the next morning, early the next morning, the disciples see him walking on the water, and they think that he's a ghost. And Jesus tells them not to be afraid, and here's Peter's response in verse 28. Lord, if it's you, Peter.